Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Mr. President. Good morning. Welcome to Philadelphia. It's good to be talking to you and all the folks around Philadelphia. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. President, I'd be derelict in my duty if I didn't ask you about today's headline, which is the uh, revelation that the the Iraq study group, the so-called Baker Commission, appears to be advocating a pullback. I notice they don't want to use the W word, withdrawal, but a, a graduated pullback from... Iraq, and I wondered if President Carter had a, a gut reaction to that news. Yes, I've been talking to, to uh, Jim Baker on the phone uh, the last number of days, and and I think that's uh, a very good proposal. I, I would prefer as rapid a withdrawal as possible, but I think the the inclination that I will have, even not knowing the details of what the recommendation might be, is to go along with it because I trust him and Lee Hamilton and that group to have made the best assessment of it. 
the uh, the part that gets all the headlines is you know what do we do about the troops and when but it seems like and I, i'm only relying on the initial news accounts in the times and so forth but it seems like uh, and this ties into palestine peace not apartheid your new book it seems like diplomacy is is what they're focusing more attention upon and saying that we need to open those lines of communication with syria and with iran well, I certainly agree with that, and not only those two countries, but also to bring in Jordan and Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and even reach out and bring in France and Russia, you know, and others, to let the Iraqi people know that the whole world wants to see their country rebuilt. Uh, the problem in the Mideast is that for the last six years, we've not had a single day of negotiation between Israel and the Palestinians. And this has been uh, a radical departure from what we've done in the past, as you know, under Bill Clinton, under under uh, George Bush Sr., all the way back to when I was in, in the White House. And uh, I think that uh, the fact that we don't seem to be concerned about the terrible plight of the Palestinians send a really negative uh, signal all the way through the entire Arab world and, and many other parts of the world as well, that we don't care about them. And they are being horribly persecuted in their own land. So that's why I wrote the book. Uh, it refers to Palestine, by the way, on on, um, and not to Israel as far as apartheid is concerned. It's, Israel is obviously a good democracy. And within Israel's own land, uh, there's freedom of speech and equality of treatment. But in the Palestinian area, there's terrible example of apartheid. And persecution. I, I read a, a critique, Mr. President, uh, of the new book, Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid, by Alan Dershowitz, who said, you know... Oh, I, no. He said, well, let me just lay it out. He said, I, I like Jimmy Carter very much. I've known him since uh, he ran for president in 76, but he's got a bias against Israel, which one can see in the, the simple title of the book, which implies that Israel is an apartheid state analogous to South Africa. Well, he obviously didn't even read the title. Do you see Israel in the title? No, sir. No, it's about Palestine. It's not about Israel. It's about the land that Israel is occupying that belongs to the Palestinians. And that's the only place that the apartheid applies. So to the extent that there's apartheid, it's what? The West Bank, it's it's Gaza, it's... You tell me. Well, it's, it's the land that belongs to the Palestinians, East Jerusalem, the West Bank, and Gaza. And uh, this is a land that's been completely taken over by Israel. It's uh, occupied, it's been uh, confiscated, and it's been settled, colonized. And then when they do it, they got 205 or so um, settlements inside Palestinian territory from which the Palestinians are now excluded. And then th those uh, settlements are connected by highways, one to another and into Jerusalem, and the Palestinians are prevented from using those highways, in many cases, or even crossing the highways. So the, the entire Palestinian land has been divided up something like a, a honeycomb or something like a cobweb, and the Palestinians are deprived from their basic human rights in their own country. So this is what I mean, and they are completely separated, by the way. Uh, Palestinians have to have passes, just like they used to in South Africa. Uh, they can't go to their own schools without crossing the border, and the Israelis are building a, a horrendous wall that will completely imprison the Palestinians who live in the little bit of the West Bank that they'll have left to themselves. The concern so. that I have, Mr. President, and I know I've got time only for one more question, is I have this mental image in my mind of, of Yasser Arafat's uh, military uniform, which had a, a map as he intended it should be of the Middle East, and there was no Israel. And, and the concern that I have in handing back the West Bank and Gaza and the other territory is that that's not enough to appease these folks. 
Well, when when uh, the 1967 borders were established, which is recognized by the United States and by Israel and everybody else, Israel consisted of 77 percent of the so-called Holy Land. The, the West Bank only consists of 22 percent. So that tiny bit of land that was left to the Palestinians is what the Israelis have now taken over. That's a, that's a, a fact. And, and a lot of people in our country don't even know it and don't even debate it, where it's just hotly debated in Israel. So my book is designed you know, to be provocative, to, to provoke debate and discussion about an issue that's very, very rarely discussed or understood by Americans. I understand. I just meant to, to, to say I don't think that's enough to placate them. I think they want it all, and they don't want any Israel. But I know I'm also out of time with President Jimmy Carter. Yeah, and you're mistaken, I think. But thanks a lot. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Thank you, sir. All right. Goodbye. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 
at factormeals.com slash Smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. I think you get it by now. Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, here yesterday, did not like... My reference to Professor Alan Dershowitz, for whom I have immense respect, and nor did he approve of me talking about Yasser Arafat's military uniform not recognizing in Israel in any respect. Hey, Professor, I'm really appreciative that you would hang on, listen to that, and offer your thoughts. How are you? Well, thank you so much, and you're performing a great service by having two conflicting views on. You know, Jimmy Carter has refused to be on the same program with anybody. Put put me aside. I'm an old supporter of Jimmy Carter. I first met him in 1976. He won't go on with anybody who has a a different point of view and who knows the facts, because he's spewing nonsense. His facts are all wrong. And his information is all skewed. He makes it seem as if Israel doesn't want peace, and Hamas and the PLO and Arafat want peace. He forgets to mention that in 1967, when uh, Israel, in response to an attack by Jordan, captured the West Bank, it offered it back immediately if the Palestinians would accept 242, the resolution he talks about. The Palestinians and Arabs went to Khartoum and issued their three famous no's, no negotiation, no peace, no recognition, and Israel said, we accept it, we'll give it back. They gave back the Gaza. They offered to give back the West Bank and end the occupation in 2000-2001. Jimmy Carter believes Yasser Arafat's account of 2000-2001 over Bill Clinton's. And that speaks volumes. He essentially calls the President of the United States, Bill Clinton, a liar, because Bill Clinton says that it was Arafat who turned down the opportunity for a Palestinian state in 2000 and 2001. And Jimmy Carter says, no, 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 it was the Israelis who turned it down. It was the Israelis' fault. Even Prince Bandar of Saudi Arabia says it was Arafat's fault. But Jimmy Carter chooses to believe what Arafat says, what Hamas says. He just doesn't like Israel. Well, there was clearly like there was there was clearly a change in his demeanor when I when I threw you into the mix because he knows that I know the facts. He says it's a fact that seventy seven percent of the Holy Land was given to to the Jews. It's nonsense. The Holy Land or the mandate consisted of what is now Jordan, the West Bank, and Israel, and about sixty percent of that was given immediately to the Palestinians. Jordan was a state which didn't allow Jews. It was to be a Palestinian state headed by the Hashemites. The rest of it was then offered in 1938 to the Palestinians, 60% to 40% to the Jews. The Palestinians said no. The Jews said yes. Then in 48, when the mandate was established, they divided the arable land half and half and gave the Israelis the Negev because the Israelis wanted the Negev, which was a desert, because they claimed they could reclaim it 
And that was fine until the Arabs invaded Israel in 1967 and threatened its destruction. And then Israel offered back the land, and has always offered back the land. This is not apartheid, and it's so insulting to the brave Africans, black Africans, who I helped to represent back in the terrible time of apartheid. Apartheid is when a tiny minority tries to rule a large majority. And even John Conyers, the congressman, the African-American congressman, says it's insulting to talk about apartheid apartheid in this context. And people have asked him to change the title of that book even before the election, and he refused to. And all over the world, people think he's referring to Israel. He says, oh, I'm only referring to the West Bank. But it's even nonsense to call the West Bank apartheid, because Israel today is willing to end the settlements for peace. Look, they ended the... the the uh, occupation of Gaza, what happened? Instead of it being land for peace, it was land for kidnappings, rocket launchings, and terrorism. Hey, Professor, I I don't profess to have your level of expertise on this, although uh, I've traveled to Israel and did so in the midst of the Intifada. I spent a lot of time traveling extensively throughout the country. And having read a great deal about the situation, I've just always been of the opinion that this boundary, whether it's Gaza, whether it's the way, that's really not the issue. It's it's more global in nature. And I've simply said, in my view, they want it all. They don't want there to be a state of Israel. And all I was trying, I think, with some deference to say to Jimmy Carter, President Carter was, Mr. President, and I think these were my words, I don't believe that will placate them. At which point he said to me, well, you're wrong. Well, you're right, and he's wrong. I was with Jimmy Carter in Israel on the day that Hamas won the election. We were together at the Herzliya conference. He made a speech. I gave a very critical commentary and question. He refers to it uh, in the book. We're old friends. We spoke afterward, and I was there during the election. That was the worst day for Middle East peace. A plurality of Palestinians with a majority in the parliament voted to elect Hamas, who has as its program the total elimination of Israel, that a Jewish state the size of a postage stamp would not be acceptable to Hamas. They've turned it into a religious dispute. They claim that a Jewish country on a Muslim waqf, which is Muslim holy land, is unacceptable. Now, I think you could deal with people like Abu Mazen and maybe even Arafat, although he turned down the opportunity for a Palestinian state. If he had said yes, but, instead of no to Clinton, in 2000-2001, we'd be celebrating the fifth anniversary of Palestinian statehood. There'd be no occupation. There'd be no wall. By the way, the wall was built by the liberals and the peaceniks who wanted to end the occupation and who couldn't simply allow their citizens to be exposed to terrorism. Right. I was there when I mean, I was there when it was Sharon who was having to deal with all the settlements and and was was the advocate for for giving them back. Hey, I, I am so elated now to it was through an odd set of circumstance that I even spent time with President Carter yesterday, and I won't bore you with the details. But now I'm glad as to how this all turned out so that people had the opportunity to hear what President Carter had to say. And more importantly, from my perspective, what Professor Dershowitz had to respond. This well, is good I stuff. I appreciate that. And I hope that when he's on other shows, there's some pressure from the public to have me or somebody else there with him so that he doesn't spew this nonsense and get away with it. Because you're very knowledgeable about this. But many of the talk show hosts don't know enough to ask him hard questions, or they feel too deferential because he's the former president of the But, United you know, States. Professor, my question was pretty damn simplistic. Very... I, I, I simply said, hey, I remember this military uniform that he would march around in that didn't have Israel on its map. What's that all about? Pretty, Pretty simple, right? 
pretty simple, absolutely right. And Hamas is even worse because the Hamas charter calls for the destruction of Israel, and they're the ones in charge now. But you, the uniform had that. The map that was over his desk had that. Right. And uh, he could never even mention the words Israel. He would talk about the Zionist entity. And now you have the president of Iran talking about destroying the Zionist entity, wiping it off the map. That's what we're talking about. Would any country in the world accept that kind of politicide? What would the United States do if people fired rockets at it and refused to recognize its existence? You have to fight back. That's the tragedy. And by putting all the blame on Israel and none of the blame virtually on Hamas and the Palestinians and believing everything that Hamas says, he's setting back peace. He's destroying the possibility. And, and to, to just look at the cover of the book, Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid, I, I, you know, I, I don't buy into his explanation of this not being a reference to Israel. What else could it be a reference to? Palestine, a place of peace, not a place that should be held hostage to apartheid a la South Africa. That's the implication. But, if you walked into borders today, that's what you'd think in looking at the cover of his book, and he knows that. Oh, hey, and I think it's worse than that, because what the implication is, is that all of Israel is Palestine. Correct. Right. And that he is buying into the Hamas program. Right. This is a setback for peace. This in, is a very sad time. I wish I'd said it with the clarity that you've just offered it. But and it's good to have you back in Philly. People don't, people don't appreciate this unholy alliance between the two of us. But it's funny how on the critical issues, Dershowitz and I seem to be joined at the hip. Well, I think we both have libertarian tendencies. Definitely. And we both like to look at the truth. It's good to have you. My pleasure. Talk to you Thanks. soon. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.